Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. I'm Roberta Radovich, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award broadcast in our 16th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good evening, and I'm Gloria Howell. As part of its longstanding efforts to create a diverse and inclusive campus and combat systemic racism, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, or IUPUI, announced a new initiative designed to support and strengthen the Black community in Indianapolis. The university is establishing the Center for Africana Studies and Culture through the School of Liberal Arts at IUPUI. The center will broaden the scope of the school's existing Africana Studies program, increasing opportunities for public scholarship, professional learning, undergraduate research, and community-engaged cultural and research programming. The new center will be housed in the newly renovated Madam Walker Legacy Center. Along with the new Center for Africana Studies and Culture, IUPUI is brimming with more exceptional programs to showcase the Black experience. The importance of Black lives, Black stories, and Black theater is the foundation for Africana Repertory Theater of IUPUI, or ARTI, a campus to community initiative. By producing the work of Black playwrights, theaters commit to presenting authentic voices to tell truths about the many layered experiences of Black Americans. To help shed light upon, upon these two initiatives, we've invited three experts from IUPUI to share in what they're doing. We've invited Dr. Leslie Kay Antine, Dr. Kala Matata, and Dr. Regina Turner, three outstanding and visionary faculty and administrators to, to join us today. Dr. Antine, please forgive us and correct our, our pronunciations when you have the opportunity, works sure. with both the School of Education's Teacher Education Department and in the School of Liberal Arts Africana Studies Program. Dr. Kala Matata is the former Executive Associate Dean of the IU School of Education and now serves as Associate Vice Chancellor for the Office of Community Engagement at IUPUI. And finally, Dr. Regina Turner joined University College faculty in 1998 and served as the campus community liaison working with churches, high schools, and families to raise awareness and interest in higher education. Dr. Turner created a course that combined three of her life passions, theater, higher education, and social justice, and focuses on the internal motivations that can lead to student attrition, that is, student who leave campus. Welcome all to Bring It On. So if we could just go around and our listeners can hear at least one time our, uh, our esteemed guests say their own names because sometimes we, we don't get the name pronunciations quite right. So starting with Dr. Turner, um, will you share a little bit about your, your, introduce yourself just for a few moments here. Hey. 
I am Regina Turner, and um, I have been at IUPY uh, with the University College, which is the portal through which all freshmen go in order to get their basic understandings or their basic courses to go out into their preferred schools. But before that, I worked with the um, community as a liaison from the campus to the community to try to get more African-American and other low-income students interested in higher education. And in that effort, we found that theater was a very, very powerful tool to get messages to um, the Black populations that we, we feel wouldn't otherwise get those, uh, get those messages. And so we have carried, since IUPUI uh, doesn't have a, a theater department as such, or it, it closes theater departments shortly after I joined, um, I have had to made, make my theater interest in training go into other areas. And it has found its way into exploring ways um, or exploring the obstacles that keep African-American and other low-income students from graduating. Because I believe that once, once we get a critical mass of people who have enough information to change things, things will change much faster. Thank, thank you, Dr. Turner. Dr. Etienne, and are we saying your name correctly? Say it right that time. Thank you so much. You Dr. Right Etienne. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Dr. Etienne. Can you share a little bit about yourself as an intro to our listeners? Yes. Um, I am uh, Les Etienne. I, uh, my, my name, the, the uniqueness of my name is, is uh, based in uh, my ancestry. My family comes from Haiti uh, and, and also another side of it comes from Trinidad. Um, I actually grew up, however, in this part of the country. I grew up between Dayton, Ohio and Detroit, Michigan. Um, and I primarily have worked in community uh, prior to coming to academia. So I worked in K-12 schools. Um, I worked uh, as an organizer uh, for a number of years. Um, and I was also a Peace Corps volunteer in, in South America for two years. And I worked for the agency uh, upon my return. Um, so uh, my work with IUPUI kind of started out actually with uh, Dr. Matata and in the School of Education. Um, and it's it kind of morphed into uh, me being full-time with Africana Studies, um, kind of in a split uh, way, and then now uh, completely over in the School of Liberal Arts. Thank you. And, and Dr. Matata, can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Absolutely, and thank you for the opportunity to bring us together. I'm Kaula Murtada, and I serve as the Associate Vice Chancellor for the Office of Community Engagement here at IUPUI. I also am a faculty member in Educational Leadership and Policy Studies. Hometown for me is Washington, D.C., and I raised a big family there in Washington, uh, and we loved the arts. My children were surrounded by the arts, going to the Kennedy Center and the museums, the art galleries, and that love of the arts and bringing my family here to Indianapolis, we looked for the spaces and places where black creativity would flourish. And so it's been just a tremendous journey to come here and be a part of IUPUI, but also to help support the launch of the Africana Repertory Theater here at IUPUI. 
Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about this launching of this incredible um, new enterprise. Uh, anybody is, um, you know, welcome to jump in first. Um, is there anybody who's dying to say the first kind of opening words? <laughs> I would like to say one thing yes. right off the bat. It's yes. very important that we do an IUPUI land acknowledgement. IUPUI acknowledges our location on the traditional and ancestral territory of the Miami, Potawatomi, and Shawnee people. Uh, we honor the heritage of native peoples and what they teach us about the stewardship of the earth and their continuing efforts today to protect the planet without overgeneralizing the homogeneity. There's a heterogeneity that we must honor. But we also must recognize that founded in 1969, IUPUI stands on the historic homelands, if you will, of those native peoples, and more recently that of a vibrant black community, which was also displaced. And as the present stewards of the land, we have to honor all of those who are and came before us, who live now and who came before us. Thus, we live and we work and we study at IUPUI how do we honor that historical piece? And that's the land acknowledgement that we always like to begin with and should begin with. Thank you, Dr. Mortada. Can you um, continue a bit and just talk about how um, the Africana Repertory Theater came into fruition and talk a little bit about its mission? Absolutely. The whole idea of really saying that we wanted to launch something that represented the work of creativity was to fill a significant void as Dr. Turner mentioned earlier, to fill a void on the campus, but also in the community. There are tremendous, tremendous theater groups that have worked out in the community for years. The Asante Children's Theater, that is now the Asante Institute, uh, Freetown Village uh, led by Ophelia Wellington, many others who have been a part of the theater community. But IUPUI started a, a theater group and it was doing good work, but shut it down. And so to revitalize that and fill that void so that we could prepare students to work in the community, but also recognize that this campus has made an attempt to say we will launch and be a part of community engagement. And in doing that, we wanted to make sure that the students with interest and abilities in acting and directing designing, construction, management, and playwriting, that they will find opportunities for expression and growth. We were given some seed money to start Artie through a welcoming campus competition, if you will. And administrators from the School of Liberal Arts, Gina Jabal, Jennifer Thornton Springer, they said, yes, we're gonna support this initiative. And so Regina Turner and several others of us got together, fleshed out the proposal for Artie and couldn't be more excited about how it brings arts to and for our students, but with, with the community. And that void now is being filled in many ways with the launch of a number of different productions that I know we'll get a chance to talk about in a bit. Can you share a little bit, um, and this could be for anybody, uh, Dr. Matata, um, since you're kind of going down this path, can you share about how significant the timing is 
of the emergence of Artie and the university commitment to a once incredibly vibrant um, Black community that has been displaced by IUPUI. I know those are hard words to say. <laughs> no, it's, 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 we had to get to a point where we just said IUPUI and it's, it's, it flows on out now. It used to be called IUPUI and all those other silly names. But if you can say UConn, you can say IUPUI. Mm -hmm. One of the things about really working directly with the students is the strength of Regina Turner and Les Etienne. They, they have grounded this work and understanding the histories of Africana studies, the histories that our students must know. And they must understand what does it mean to have a strong root, a strong root in African cultures and the diaspora. And so I'll defer to them because they know far more about how the student engagement really does develop. Thank you, Dr. Etienne, would you like to address that a little? Yeah, could you, I'm so sorry, could you restate just? Yes, no, you're perfect. How significant is the timing of the emergence of the initiative with regard to the university's commitment to a black vibrant community that mm, got displaced because of the emergence of IP, IUPUI. And I, and I think there's more than one, I guess there's more than one um, way to um, interpret this arc, right? Um, we have the, the history, right? And then we have the current political moment, okay? And so uh, these kind of, uh, I, I guess, People are calling them awakenings that institutions and, and, and people are having, private citizens are having, uh, where um, they are coming uh, into uh, some level of understanding <clears throat> about um, the, um, the, the, the pure violence and, 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 and uh, assault uh, on Black folks um, that you know, people face on a daily basis, right? Um, I think the idea uh, of, of, of an institution recognizing this and saying, okay, well, it's time to, to, to make some moves um, uh, is important. I think the other thing is the preparedness um, of, of an entity like the Africana Studies Program, like RT, uh, to uh, handle um, and, and address um, what's needed. I think uh, the the cultural aspect of it and the primacy of culture plays into it as well. It tells the story, um, it provides the, the, the room for the narrative, it, you know, the creativity, um, but, you know, kind of the idea that art can be political um, and is political and often is when it comes to, 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 to black and brown folks. Um, and so I just think the timing probably was right. I think uh, we were ready to, to fill uh, whatever void um, <clears throat> was, uh, had been opened. Uh, and, and at this point, uh, there's the recognition that this is something that's constant. This is our consistent work. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think the, the, the need is gonna slow down anytime soon. So uh, again, I think the, the institution, of course, made a, a right decision um, to institute and to support. Um, but, you know, of course the work's not done, but I just think there's this, there's this, this movement 
uh, that's afoot. And it's good to, to see uh, that we have some level of support um, in playing our part um, in it. Dr. Turner, could you talk a little bit about um, considering this movement of sorts um, and even just before we got on and we were talking about, you know, everybody's love and interest for the arts. Um, and so we wanna see it in classrooms. We wanna see it institutionalized, right? So can you talk about um, specifically arts-based learning opportunities that are available for students um, of African heritage, what does that mean from an academic standpoint and why is it so important for these opportunities to develop? Yes, um, I think in regard to what Dr. Rattata said and Dr. Etienne said, I think they both said things that suggest that uh, wherever there are people, there is art and waiting to be expressed. And um, the black people of cer certainly are no exception to that. Um, it, it is tremendously important for um, African-American students and, and all students. And when I talk about African-American students, I, I, I know that that is the focus of this program, which is what we need and which I love and which I want. But African-American people as uh, Terrence, a, a black comedy writer in, in, in you know, Greek, the, I mean, in Roman times said, anything that anybody else wants, black people want <laughs> and black people need because we're human. And, and there can be nothing human that, that operates outside the perimeter and the interest and the love and the abilities of black people. So such is the case for black people and the arts. And it becomes even more important for black people in the arts on a predominantly white campus because the arts do some things that nothing else can do. For one thing, it brings us all together in one place and we're focusing on one thing, which is the art piece. Um, and when we get a community of people together focusing on one thing and that one thing is talking about them or talking about an aspect of them. That's very powerful. It's very powerful and it's enjoyable, it's entertaining and it's educating. And so um, because IUPUI does not have a physical theater, we have had to um, use other means, other venues for bringing theater to people. We do have stages, we have auditoriums and we have open spaces. So we use all of those things to help bring the idea of, of our condition to us, to remind us of who we are and where we are and to other people. And I think it was Nelson Mandela who said, people who are oppressed can afford no entertainment that does not address their oppression. And so um, we do that in the classroom and we do it you know, in other places. Um, so one of the things that I think is important uh, about um, a, a college campus is that generally people who are here, they already understand 
how important education is. But with that understanding does not always come the, a straight path, an open path to get there. And so uh, one of the interests that I have developed has to do with how do you deal with the obstacles that get in your way, on your way to a degree? And they are amazing obstacles, as, as we know, but, um, they're, but students can deal with them better if they understand that other people have those same obstacles. And so we dramatize them, we talk about them, and it makes exciting, important theater. I'm so glad that Regina brought up the idea that this is a part of who we are as creative people, people, creative. And one of the main areas of leveraging ARTI, when we received funding from the Central Indiana Community Foundation, from the campus, we received support from a number of different entities, was to also say that our mission is not just for the students, it is communal. You know, what does it mean for us to really engage the community? And so it's a vehicle to bring about community, engage community. And it also speaks to, of course, youth empowerment. And, but I really want to tie back into what uh, Dr. Let's Etienne said. You know, the historical as well as the moment we are in right now, the political, social, cultural context. And we cannot cannot ignore the fact that frequently those who are see themselves as empowered do things that are harmful to those who they believe are less empowered. Theater and performance speaks to this notion of empowerment. Our histories are not ones where we were less powerful, but we always asserted our ability to affect change. And that's critical for us. And as it is now, because IUPUI is also a research institution, we study what the power is of the arts. And so as we begin to launch more and more of the research out of ARTI, but also out of the cultural center that Les is, is leading and out of Africana studies, this research about empowerment and who is affecting change and how theater and performance can empower a community is so very important. And so we wanna make sure we drive home the point that the support that we get to do this work can actually affect change through the research agenda. And that's a, a part of what IUPUI is about as well. If you're just tuning in to WFHB, you're listening to three amazing visionary architects from IUPUI in Indianapolis who've come together to share with us a little bit more about um, some initiatives to connect students, community, faculty, staff, the entire Black experience um, in something that is called Africana Repertory Theater of IUPUI or ARTI. So we're gonna get back into the conversation. Dr. Um, Etienne, could you talk a little bit with our listeners, share a little bit with us about your program through their eyes? Um, okay, all right. Well, I, I could, <laughs> that, that is actually not under my purview. Oh, okay. But I, I, I do know that it is a scholarship um, uh, and it seeks to repair um, uh, 
in in some ways uh, uh, the relationship with um, members of uh, or descendants of members of the community that was displaced uh, that we've we've uh, acknowledged here uh, this morning. Um, so if I, I'm not sure 100% with the details, but I do know um, that there are um, people who are, that, that we, we know uh, that are related to folks who actually lived, like where my office sits, for instance, I know a woman who, who said like my grandfather's house mm -hmm. is, <laughs> was under the building, you know, was, right. was right where the building, where your office is, right? Right. Um, and in some instances, these, I mean, this person's actually a graduate of IUPUI, right? Wow. <laughs> so there, there's, a, there's a, you know, a lot of work that's been done um, I think uh, Paul Mullins has done a, a great deal of work. One of one of the professors at IUPUI to to you know and and, and community members and and and, and other folks um, from there have done a great deal of work to unearth uh, some of this information. And there are people who can remember, I think, mm -hmm. um, when that was the case. Um, it's it's very kind of striking stuff to read as well because it's right. kind of the same playbook uh, that we would see in other towns in cities in regard to how you, uh, I guess, uh, uh, eminent domain and, and take over areas, right? Like these, these horrible uh, depictions of black folks. I mean, I've, I've read some of the, the comments that were made uh, leading up to it. Um, and also with that history, we kind of look, you know, Christmas Addicts is right off the campus. I mean, there's that, there, there's that uh, long story, right, and long history. So I believe with the scholarship, and, and our colleague, uh, Dr. Rhonda Henry Anthony and uh, Dr. Patricia Turley, who run the Olanian Scholars Program, which is something that's connected, of course, uh, deeply to Africana studies and, and right. as part of okay. the center, they will help to administer uh, those scholarships. But it is a commitment from the institution um, to uh, do some work to repair in that instance. So there are descendants of people who were displaced, families. Uh, would be eligible for um, scholarship monies. I, again, I don't have the full detail because this wasn't something, and, but this is the, this is the my understanding you. of it, yeah. Right, we didn't mean to put you exactly on the spot. I think we were thinking that the, how it takes an entire holistic approach Absolutely. So you've spoken to that. And so thank you. I was like, okay. Yes. We didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but we we are we are amazed as we were doing our research and thinking about um Artie and the intersection between the work that Artie is doing and the commitment that the university has made. That there has to be a financial commitment to the student. So um, that was really what we were um, trying to speak to. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, yes, please. Yes, I don't know whether this has come out yet, but um, when you spoke to a holistic approach, I think that when um, Artie was being conceived um, and uh, Dr. Mercada played a major role in that because I, I think that she, along with the rest of us, see the, um, the, the diff I mean, the importance that we have between a bridge from the academy to the community. That is critical. Um, and so uh, when Artie came into existence, it, it um, has four parts. One part is um, productions on the campus. 
um, and of which we've had one this we've had one uh, already this year, and we've had little ones all along before Artie became a formal institution. And then we have a connection with uh, Indie Fringe, which is the theater um, the the theater for the Indianapolis community, and we've had we had six productions this fall for that. Um, we have the um, an, another community element where we hope to go out into the community and do performances. And these will be uh, when uh, we've already done many, but we hope it will become a formal part that is doing performances for preschool all the way up to seniors. And then uh, we have the, the, the research and um, uh, publishing arm of Artie. So there are four parts for, for, for Artie, and all of them are grounded in um, the, our academic mission, but they are equally grounded in the mission that the community needs us. So the community needs the Black Arts uh, Initiative. And so uh, it's, it's very exciting to be a part of something that sort of scratches the itch for everybody. That's beautifully stated. <laughs> and, and I think it drives home the power of a city university. Right, exactly. To, to melt the walls of the university. I use the terminology a bridge, Dr. Turner. Yes. Um, but it's really the power of a city university to, in a very um, temple university type way, I would say, um, to, to be a spoke, like, a, like spokes on a wheel. Yes. To, if, if it's a, a, you know, the place of pivoting is the space where research and um, inquiry and resources live at the center of the spoke, then just the possibility endless of different directions that those things can go that's, that's true and you know with with uh, IUPUI uh, distinguishing itself among the uni the IU campuses as the life science campus we sometimes we forget that we're also the campus with the urban mission and the urban mission is is what we speak to what Artie speaks to is that we have a responsibility an obligation and an opportunity to hear what the community is saying and to speak to them, which I, I think is a, is a wonderful um, opportunity. I love that. Gloria, you, Gloria, you, you see how, how wonderful my life is because I get to, I get to be, <laughs> I get to be in, in, in conversation with these two. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and speaking of, because I keep, hearing this thread of community. Um, Dr. Atien, you mentioned the Crispus Addicts. Um, you know, we've talked about like local schools and, you know, the urban, the, the urban side of things, the mission um, of Artie in that regard. And then even with um, Dr. Atien introducing um, the Center for Africana Studies, and I believe that I read that being housed in the newly renovated Madam C.J. Walker Center. Um, and I know we've kind of had threads of this throughout the conversation, but being in a city like Indianapolis, where you have like this kind of thriving um, richness 
right, of Black culture, um, what does it mean? And, and Dr. Turner kind of led us into that when she talked about, um, um, and Dr. Murtada as well with this communal aspect, but can you talk about specifically Dr. Atien, um, the Madam C.J. Walker Center and what it means for the Center of Africana Studies to be um, housed in that? What does this all mean? Why is it so symbolic? I think it's, uh, you know, um, very much an honor to, to have the opportunity to, uh, and, you know, we, we would likely just hold an office there, you know, and just be able to, to launch uh, some of our work from there. Um, and I just, you know, the, the value of that history, um, uh, we thinking about Indiana Avenue, um, and we know that there are um, a lot of considerations around Indiana Avenue first and foremost, and, and, and to recognize um, what Indiana Avenue was um, and what Indiana Avenue has endured um, uh, in, in relation to you know, the idea of displacement and some of these other things. And, 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 and of course, for those of who have been around uh, enough geographically, we know that there's, there's Indiana Avenues in a bunch of different cities, right? Um, that, that no longer exist, right? Um, <clears throat> so I think the value of us being there um, is twofold. I think that, you know, symbolically, um, the history of Madame, the, 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 the Walker uh, Center and, and that building, right? And, and, and the history of, of, of Indiana Avenue, but also um, the idea that this commitment that we need to have uh, to being engaged, right? To being public facing, um, to, to be, be able to run some of our work um, through an area that's not, you know, just right on campus, right? Uh, I think that's important. Uh, so again, I just think there's, there's, there's two reasons why that, that's an important and symbolic thing. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, when we look at uh, kind of space, uh, and, and how space plays a role um, in identity. As we build in this new center, I think it's important that uh, we lead with wanting to be out and wanting to be public facing, right? Um, and I think that's why we have kind of strategically done some work to make sure um, that RT, uh, although RT is a, a partnership with, with varying places on campus, you know, uh, the Office of Community Engagement is, is involved, you know, School of Education to some extent is involved. Um, of course, we, you know, we're housed um, in the Africana Studies program um, and, and the Arts and Humanities uh, Institute is, is connected with us as well. But I think, um, you know, um, the value of kind of strategically having um, RT as the flagship for, for the center uh, is, is kind of also related to the idea that us being, you know, in somewhere like uh, the Walker uh, center or, or just that building in general, um, it, it provides like a value to um, our recognizing, right, and having some recognition and also honoring. So now will any of the RT performances and productions take place in the Legacy Center or? We hope so. Um, we, hope so. <laughs> we have, uh, there's a reality to what we do. We have Onyx Fest, of course, which is our a major, major, major undertaking that, you know, Vernon, like, like uh, Mr. Boone said, Vernon is, is hiding, but Vernon is the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the mastermind. Right, that's the, that's the, that's the, the man behind the, uh, the, the, the Onyx Fest movement. And um, 
I think, uh, you know, we also do other um, uh, productions. We've done one called The People Speak. Uh, we're hoping to do something this spring, probably, of course, in a virtual um, virtual space. And we'll, we'll want to do more with students um, playing a role in, in running productions. This is something that Dr. Turner is adept at, at uh, helping them do. Um, so I think as we look at the idea of big major productions, uh, that mm -hmm. we want to do. These are the types of things we're looking for funding for right now. Okay. Uh, you know, I think the 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 hope would be to do it right there, right at the local okay. center. Um, and, and of course, keeping with that history and, you know, mm -hmm. hoping to honor and, and again, having this public facing, uh, starting with that, right? Yes. So I One of the things that I oh. want to make sure that we connect with uh, mm -hmm. exactly what Les and Regina have also mentioned. And this mm -hmm. is the idea that this is also a continuum of education, you know, yes. and it's, it's a part of looking at part of what we do with engagement. If we look at what little children see and do, they're so creative. How does that get fostered or diminished along the education pipeline? And so what we hope to be able to do, and we've already launched the groundwork for it, is to have a certificate program, a minor, so that students can get the kind of education that they deserve to have in theater. This also ties into what we are launching in terms of what's called Black Stage. The research is very clear that usually when you pull up theater, you will see a preponderance of white theater discussed. Uh, there's been research all about it. Well, what we wanna do is bring to the fore Black stage so that students can even learn to be critics of what they see in terms of the creative platform. And so how do we do this as a part of a continuum of elevating the necessity to be creative, but to also to be critical thinkers, to be reflective, and to understand that in reflection, there is this dialectic of being able to bring the past to the present and to be able to critique and analyze what's right in front of them. And this is the job of the university too. So that as we prepare our students, we work along that continuum in partnership with the other arts organizations that are in the city. And as we mentioned earlier, many of them were long in establishment, long before Artie came about. We wanna support them, be partnered with them, and also bring to that ability, the analytical ability of our students to be critics. So we're launching what's called Black Stage. And Black Stage becomes a way to really look at how do we foster PR or public relations for more of the arts community? How do we also do it in a way that gives the, our students a chance, our journalism students, a chance to write about theater and film and the creative, the visual and the performing arts. And so part of this research, urban education, connection, community engagement, it's part of what a university in the city must do. It must connect with the educational opportunities. It must create, connect with the community centers. And it must create and connect bonds and bridges like Regina said, in terms of the faith community. Because we know for black folks, our roots are in the strong faith community that has brought us thus far. So how we do this, where we do it, and how we perpetuate it, keep it moving, is a part of what Artie is about. Necessity to create, I mean. Absolutely. That's our spirit. There it is. 
there it is. Because we are not a, we are not a, a, a people, we are not victims, we're agents. We're agents. And, and that agency allows us to be able, it propels us to keep growing and waking up other folks, <laughs> waking up other folks so that they can see what and learn from the many things that we have developed. The, the whole idea too of Black Stage is that we want to improve the communication about the arts. Um, as I said earlier, you know, usually if you look up the, the visual and performing arts in many cities, the first things you will see are the, the proverbial white forms of theater, European theater. And what we're trying to say with Black Stage as a part of Artie and moving forward with the Madam Walker and with the other arts organizations like Freetown Village, the Asante uh, Black Expo, how we partner will be a way of saying, look, when you think about Indianapolis and you think about Indiana Avenue and you think about IUPUI and you think about the arts organizations, you will think about Artie and Black Stage is a way to support that, to market it, to PR it but also to foster that kind of awareness of who we are and what we do. Thank you. That, that is such a timely um, contribution and call to action for our young people to equip them and embolden them to embrace their stories and their histories, and then to provide them with a platform to share with others how that story is to be told. Too often we are told as a community how to tell our story, what little box to drop it in, how to translate it to white audiences or other audiences. Um, but to really have that platform for a young person, or maybe a not so young person, maybe they're young at heart, <laughs> to be able to have that space to decide how one conceives of their story, their community's story. And Roberta, what you're saying is so powerful to me because so often uh, our people are told that our stories aren't important and that there's no point in telling our stories. I think the hardest thing about uh, being a black or one of the hard things about being black in this culture is to suppress our desire to be creative. We don't have the, you know, often the money and the place and the time. And so when that, that penchant to, to be creative is stifled, we find other things to do. You know, we sell drugs, we, you know, we shoot people, we do a lot of things. But I think there's a saying that I heard one time that says, if a person has ever been able to express himself artistically and, and found out how much it means to another, he can never kill. And I think that is just so powerful. So the issue is not to express ourselves, the issue uh, that's, that seems to be more important is to uh, produce ways that we can present, pre, um, we can um, express ourselves in a societally uh, welcoming way, but not to express ourselves is not an option. 
You know, uh, there's a faculty member in the School of Education. Uh, she is a powerful poet. And she wrote a poem called Healing Power. Healing Power. And she published it in our journal. We have a journal, a community engagement journal called Engage. And in her poem, I'm not going to read the whole poem because it's uh, one, two, three, four, six different stanzas that are powerful. Okay. But at the very end, and we know that poetry is a part of our visual and performing arts. She says, this poem is not supposed to be about being black, but being black is my everything. My pen attacks blue lines protected by white space. However, my words remember red margins bleeding down side, reminding me to stay the course. This is not a poem about what being black feels like. This is a poem on healing. My husband got a tattoo of eight minutes and 46 seconds on his hand and it still has not fully healed. Kara, Kara Taylor, the professor in the School of Education who wrote that poem, started it off with my husband got a tattoo of eight minutes and 46 seconds. When Regina was talking about what our community does, we have to also heal from a great deal of the um, victimization and the injustice and the inequities that have been foisted upon us. And so how do we respond? Our creativity once again, whether it's in a poem, a play, whether it's in a dance, whether it's a piece of art, whatever that visual and performing arts is, it affords us the opportunity to advance our healing as well. Demetata, thank you. This conversation could go on for much, much longer. It needs to be a symposia, a conference. Um, I'm sure we will be coming back together um, to hear more about how Artie grows and its um, continued impact, not just in Indiana, not just in Indianapolis, but across the world. I, I, I feel that, that that is coming. So uh, we wanted to say thank you <clears throat> to Dr. Etienne, Dr. Matata, and Dr. Turner. Three outstanding, outstanding, thank you for your work and your creativity and your passion to put, to join, to, to come together, to take the time to come together and to create spaces um, for community, for faculty, for research, for organic conversation and conceptualization. Just thank you for all of those things. Um, Gloria, I'll ask you to close us out here. Yeah, thanks so much. And Roberto, you said we need a symposium. I could not agree more. I have like my wheels turning about how we can continue this. So, um, you know, we said that we would connect and I'm really serious about that. We, we should really, um, consider, you know, extending this conversation and to, to the public in other ways, you know, aside from this broadcast, because the conversation is very important. And um, I keep going back to what Dr. Turner said, um, where there are people, there's art. And I think I'm going to get a t-shirt made and I'll attribute, attribute that to you, um, Dr. Turner, because that was golden. And I wish I would have heard it before I finished my dissertation. It would have been like, <laughs> the first, the first quote that people would have would have read because that just 
it just made me like fall over, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So, um, so I'd, I'd hope that from this, you know, that, that our listeners can take the, the importance of the arts and the reclamation and the, the restoration that can come from us participating um, because it is, it is something that we all can do. And I think that's what I love about the arts is that it's so universal. Um, the arts are, you know, there's a humanistic component, particularly about black arts um, that you may not find when you watch, you know, white theater or, or things like that. So I'm very, very appreciative of this. And it just makes me just burn on the inside with, with thinking about it. Um, so thank you all so much, so much again for that. We really, really, really appreciate it. Can we, can we also shout out our, um, our, there's other uh, team members who are not here with us. We are, we are one of six. Yes. Three of, three of six. So Vernon Williams, of course, uh, uh, who I, I believe is, 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 uh, as Mr. Boone said, he's lurking around there somewhere. Uh, uh, and, and is a very modest uh, person. So, um, and also Susan Kigamwa, uh, who does uh, much of our fundraising, uh, and uh, the Sonica Simbi, who is also uh, a member of our team. So, just want to say a uh, shout out to those three individuals, um, and uh, thank you for that. We must also recognize the administration of IUPUI, Chancellor Nasser Padar. Uh, Karen Dace, who is the Vice Chancellor for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Our Associate Vice Chancellor, um, I'm sorry, Vice Chancellor Amy Warner, yes. all of whom are um, have been supportive of Artie moving forward. And our Senior Vice Chancellor, Kathy Johnson, who has seen the production and has really said the people speak and Artie provides a platform for it. All of our campus administration uh, has been very supportive and looking forward to how we move this forward. Excellent, thank you. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for a program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff and the address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We wanna make sure that we share everything and anything like the Project Onyx and Artie with our community in Indiana, our African-American community, our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org. If you have an event or happening, the African-American community would wanna know about it, you think, please send it the info to us directly to bring it on staff or if you want additional information about a calendar item that you might've heard, contact us at bringiton at wfhb.org. We do have some um, announcements about our 20, 2021 Martin Luther King Day celebration in Indiana and both uh, in the city of Bloomington where WFHB is located as well as at Indiana University. Yes, so the- i to invite my, yes, Gloria, go ahead. Sorry about that, I had a little delay, but the, the 2021 theme for the Martin Luther King Jr. celebration 
It's where do we go from here, chaos or community? And uh, this is an opportunity for us to really engage in what's next um, in terms of social justice and what that means for, for our community, but also globally. So there's a lot of great things planned. Um, there's a social justice conference and you can check uh, the website mlkcelebration.indiana.edu to find out more. Um, this is the anchoring event for MLK. It's a day-long diversity and social justice conference with concurrent sessions for IU faculty, staff, and students and community members. Um, very excited because we have some awesome special guests who will be joining us, the Angela Davis and Alicia Garza, who we know are two internationally recognized leaders who will discuss social activism and their experiences um, and also connect kind of that intergenerational conversation that we wanna have about social justice and uh, equity issues. The conference begins at 9 a.m. and it ends at 6 p.m. And this event will be hosted uh, in partnership with Indiana University and the Madam Walker Legacy Center. So we're very excited about that. Um, we also have the Building Bridges Awards, which will be given as we've done uh, in, recent, in previous years. Um, so Indiana University is proud to invite students, faculty, staff, alumni, and community partners across the state of Indiana to submit nominations for the 2021 Building Bridges Award. The award is truly a special honor because it captures the vision of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so that application is open now and it will close on December 28th. And again, I encourage you to check the website mlkcelebration.indiana.edu for more information about the MLK festivities, including the conference. Um, there's some, some toolkit items that can help you if you would like to participate in any service initiatives. Um, so check out that website for more information. And um, I'd also like to quickly say um, to please keep, be on the lookout for information about the um, City of Bloomington and Indiana University Black History Month celebration. We have some very exciting special guests that um, I, can't, I can't let you know who they are now but I can in a few weeks after the holidays, um, we're actually focusing on the arts. So this conversation really just makes me light up about Black History Month. Our theme is the show must go on. Um, and we're talking about how the arts have contributed to the, um, just keeping us together considering how 2020 has been a very trying year with a lot of unexpected challenges. Um, so we're talking about everything from music to theater, to poetry, um, to film. And we're gonna talk about how those things are, are valuable assets. Some of our most valuable assets is black people and how we're using those as our fuel for, um, for to just keep going in a time where there's a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainty. So we're excited. And again, be on the lookout for that special guest. Um, you'll be, I think you'll know who, who they are it, very quickly when we, when we release the names of those two individuals who will be joining us for our Black History Month kickoff on January 29th. So I think that's all I have, Roberta. Okay, and we, we want to make sure that um, at, at least at Indiana University, um, we have found some ways to get people involved, even in this virtual moment. It's pretty hard to get out and do um, in-person service learning opportunities and that sort of thing. But the Martin Luther King Day celebration at IU will feature a virtual toolkit 
that will have opportunities for families, no matter where you are in the state, to you know, spend some time thinking about readings and poetry and um, doing a little social media with your family, sharing what you're having for breakfast, because it's still a breakfast with a purpose on Martin Luther King Day on January 18th. And so IU is thinking about some ways that we can get families involved, even though we are quarantining in our homes and won't be connecting with each other in, in person. Uh, we will also like to invite people to consider sharing their reflections. So when you go uh, about Dr. King and his legacy and um, how important it is, right, has it has been and how important it is right in this moment, inviting people to reflect on that, your reflections, whether they are written reflections or video reflections, will be part of the social media campaign um, across the state to share with folks um, and get people excited and thinking about Martin Luther King Day Celebration 2021. So again, if you visit martinlutherkingcelebration.iu.edu, uh, you'll, you'll get all of the nice meaty um, ideas and thoughts and, and a timeline and overview of all the opportunities that are taking place um, Sunday, through Monday, um, January 17th through the 18th. Thank you again for joining us. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Spoon. Assistant producer in Zoom conference tech is William Hosea. Our consultant and WFHB news department director is Cade Young. Our program engineer is Chantel Laplantant. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Ethium with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Gloria Howell. And I'm Roberta Radovich. We at Bring It On and WFHB wish you a very happy new year. And we want to be sure that you turn in next Monday in 2021 at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.